0: I want to ask Ryan to join me, though, because, you know, when you teach a series like this, you know, I've grown up in churches in which you're constantly teaching, 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 and you never give people a chance to ask their questions. So we thought we would take the next 15 minutes and give you a chance to just text in a question. We've had a few text in already ahead of time, so we'll probably start with one of those while you do that. But let's, um, let's kind of pull up a stool and See what we can learn as we say, all right, so how do we live in light of what we've been studying? So Paige is in the back running the text machine. So Paige, what's up? My nephew is gay, invited me to their wedding. How should I respond? I want to maintain a relationship, but I do not want to participate in celebrating this public proclamation. Okay, next question. Now, now, Ryan, this is why I have you, man. <laughs> How would you answer that one? You want me to take a shot at it first while you think of it? Well, no, that's good. I, <laughs> I can
1: answer that because yeah. I, I, I've talked to someone else in the congregation with a similar question. Uh, it, was, it was a sister, though, one of her sisters. And, um, you know, honestly, I would say go. For me, I'd say go to the wedding. Um, and we may have different answers, by the way, on some of this. So, no, this is
0: unrehearsed um, okay this is
1: unrehearsed so, you're fired um, well, yeah wait, 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 I
0: just, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding just kidding yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Go ahead. that'll happen tomorrow yeah. um, so why would you say go I,
1: I you know because the one thing is in in this case is if you're it depends on your relationship obviously with your with your nephew if you can't make it that's fine but let them know you care about them the one thing you don't want to do is say because i'm a christian I, I don't care about you because of your lifestyle choices. Yeah. Um, because the logic that would follow from that would be anyone who is living contrary to Scripture, you would have to say, I can't ever um, offer love or support for you. You don't have to say, hey, I'm so glad that you got married. This is a great thing. I, I support um, same-sex marriage. But you can say, you know what, I really love you and care about you and we will continue to pray that, that God will speak into your life.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think that's the grace side of things. Yeah. You know, this is a tough one, to be honest. I think one of the deeper lessons for us to learn today is it's okay to disagree on these. Because uh, I think we ought to be united in what we believe Scripture teaches us about homosexuality, uh, and we are. Uh, how you live it out and apply it in everyday decisions like this can get very tricky. I think it depends on their relationship with the nephew. It uh, depends a little bit on their attitude. Are they Christians or not? Uh, if, they're, if, if they're Christians and they're claiming to proclaim this, that, as as a statement of their, that it's okay with Jesus to do this, then I would probably not go. Um, But what I would do is I'd say, but okay, how am I going to reach out and love that nephew? And I I think part of it is, what, what have you done before this question comes up? I think the deeper question often is, how do we show love to people on a regular daily basis when we disagree with their lifestyle? And if we've been showing love on a regular basis and that nephew already knows my convictions but they've also experienced my love, then I think if I don't show up for the wedding, it's cool. The nephew probably doesn't expect me to show up. But the nephew also feels loved. But if, this, but if you've never shown any love to this nephew and all of a sudden you get the invite to the wedding and you, and you, and you, and you blow it off, it's going to be read as you don't love me. So there's, I think it's more complicated than a single event
1: i think we successfully avoided that we did yeah that was slick i should be a politician
0: (laughs) next question (laughs) next question what happens if a pastor is gay can they still lead the church what makes that sin any different than the one who sins in anger or lies or any other inappropriate habits Uh, i'll lead with this and you can kick a short answer if you want Uh, first of all all pastors sin are you aware of that Ryan is about as close uh, to sinless as I know, now. but, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it's possible for a person to have homosexuality as their struggle and still be a pastor if they are trusting Christ to empower them to not act on it, um, just as you could be a pastor who struggles with Temptation. Maybe maybe you have a history of unfaithfulness or sleeping around or whatever, and that's your temptation. And if you're not acting on it, but you know that's your your weakness and it's under control, then I think you could uh, you could probably be a pastor. But uh, you know, because all of us have sins that we struggle with. The question is, what are we doing as we walk with Christ? Uh, are we are we acting on that or not? Uh, now I, I also believe that. I would encourage that pastor to be going to some excellent counseling to help him unst- understand the roots of that in his life, uh, that he might experience a full freedom from that, which I actually believe is possible. But that's probably my short answer. Maybe wrong.
1: No, I, no, I would agree it, in the sense of we leadership's held more accountable, and so we do want to have higher standards of, of lifestyle behaviors than any form of leadership in the church. But again, it's, it's an act of... Um, Participation. I think uh, Dale mentioned a few weeks ago. He said, "Having that temptation is not the sin; it's acting upon it." And I think it would be the same. Of you know, and and let's not misunderstand and think heterosexual sins are are better. They're not. They're sins as well. And I think in the church we tend to say, "Well, if you struggle with temptation that you're heterosexual, that's better." Like it's it's the same thing. It's a struggle of sin. We wouldn't tolerate. Um, a heterosexual pastor to be practicing extramarital um, activity there as well. So yeah. it, the temptation isn't the issue, it's the action yeah. and, and, and how you respond to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we need to be true to the biblical qualifications of, of a pastor or elder. That's, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And if the person felt like this is a struggle, then I would say no, if it's just a part of their past. so it, It's a tough one. Give me another one. Any more? Okay, what is God's perspective on feminism? Um, Good question. You know, part of it is your definition of feminism. Um, If by feminism you mean uh, placing a high value on women, uh, I think Scripture does that. In fact, Galatians 3.28 says that in Christ there is neither male nor female. Uh, The Bible affirms uh, women, uh, protects women, uh, was, especially in the Roman world, they were treated as property, and the scriptures very clearly elevate uh, elevate women. Uh, in that sense, uh, I have no problem with it. If you're talking about, in our culture, where it often is way more than that, um, then I struggle with it, because I think in our culture, it often gets uh, misperceived uh, as going way beyond um, valuing uh, women. So... You want to tag on that or not?
1: No, I mean, okay. I, the other question uh, verse that comes to mind is Genesis one twenty seven. in male and female, he created them. You know, God created male and female and made them one in marriage, they become one, but they have, we have very different roles and, and uh, functions that, uh, you know, typically, um, but God created us equally, yeah. and that's important to understand. Now, there there are different roles that, that each person plays, but that doesn't mean mean one's more important or less important. I think I think you're right. right, that each person
0: understands it a little differently. So. Right, right. So I would say value in women is, is a high value. The, the, the cultural movement called feminism I would have a lot of issues with. Next question. How does today's church help our 16 to 29-year-olds who are confused by today's society beliefs? Well, hopefully hopefully we engage with these things um,
1: honestly and deal with it. I, I think one thing I love about even this last series, and if you're new to Seacoast, um, again, welcome this morning. It's a great way to show up, right? But we, we want to be honest about things because we believe that God's truth speaks into all areas of life. And so we're not afraid of questions. We're not even afraid of you saying, because of this, I don't yeah. know if I believe.
0: Yeah. I it, think the very fact we're doing what we're doing right now, I, I think most... Uh, uh, 16 to 29 year olds I know of would say I've never heard of a church that would take my question uh, in front of a public audience and give it an honest answer. Yeah, and, and even but we are and filtering and out Even your admit questions. when you know. Uh, i Yeah, yeah, yeah. We filtered out most 16 to 29 yeah. year old questions. But anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that part of it is teach truth. Uh, I think I think this culture, our younger culture, I think they want truth. I think they're. I, I think they can read a fraud. The main thing about a church is you've got to be real and you've got to admit that all of us struggle as well and and you've got to be full of grace. Uh, I think Jesus Jesus would attract this culture. The church turns the culture off. Jesus attracts them. So the more we as a church can act like Jesus and less like a church, that's a challenge, okay, the better we're going to do. Because I think the gospel is Jesus' story, not the church story.
1: Okay. And let me just, with that, too, though, make a little plug, that this summer we are, in fact, Steve Bennett's going to lead a series of, uh, I think there's four two-week little sessions that are going to deal with a lot of these issues. They're going to deal with, you yeah, seriously, should I believe this or not? And it's not just for 16- to 29-year-olds, but we're going to offer that this summer. And uh, it's for anybody. It's How, how can I even... Re- uh, believe if this bible is real right. what do we how do we respond specifically yeah. to some of these issues so one of the other ways that we can teach it is we're going to dialogue with it in in real honest dialogue where after you hear our answer you can actually respond to yeah here's <laughs> yeah, the cool thing here's
0: that. the cool thing about the gospel which is what our church is based on the good thing about jesus and the gospel is i, I heard uh, i think it was c.s lewis years ago said this that jesus is or the, and the, the Christian faith, the gospel, really understood is like a lion. The best way to defend it is turn it loose. Just release it on the culture. And, and, and if the culture says, I don't, I don't you know, if they, if they want to disagree with you, that's okay. Just share truth in love and let the lion do his work. But Jesus gets it done, not you. Next question. Good questions. Wow. Does God want us to suffer to become, to become saved? Um, I can answer that one pretty quick. We're going to actually do a series on understanding the purpose of suffering. So this is a setup for an upcoming sermon series beginning in June. Um, Because suffering is a part of life. Uh, I think the answer to that is no. Uh, I think God wants you to be saved. He wants you to come to understand Jesus. And sometimes suffering humbles us. See, it's pride who keeps us away from Jesus. And, And... Suffering in our life in any form will often humble us. I think it's one reason why God lets us suffer the consequences of our own sinful choices or, or lets suffering happen. It has one of its values. If it humbles me and brings me uh, to Christ, then it's the best suffering you could ever want. Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata once said this, and she spends her time now in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic. She says God uses what he hates to accomplish what he loves. I think he hates suffering. And the reason I know that is someday he's told me he's going to invent eternity without it. If he liked it, he'd have it in eternity. Okay, it's going to be obliterated. Next question. How do you respond to people when they ask if you support gay rights as you walk out of the grocery store? Um, it's very specific. I like Yeah, that. just... <laughs> How do you do that, Ryan? I say, you know, boy, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the run, and I just go past them. Next question. No. No, how should you? Let's change it. How should we respond?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the same responses to everything. It's, it's you can have honest dialogue and, and, and talk yeah. with them. You can just, you know, be able to listen. Um, yeah, I think what, what gets, I, I actually was asked this question earlier because they said, how do I respond when I'm walking out with my uh, six-year-old? And they start talking about it, you know. And that's yeah. sometimes I think it's done inappropriately, even uh, in, in those ways. You're like, you know what? Hey, I'd love to talk to you about it, but not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just not ready to answer all these questions. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't think you you don't have to say something that you don't believe in. Yeah. And and so just like any issue, if they said, "Would you support legalizing marijuana?" If you don't support it, you don't have to say you do. But, um, you know, and that's really not the good venue for yeah. public discussion and forum
0: anyway, yeah, probably I mean if, not in front of bonds is the best place, yeah, yeah, a lot of good decisions are made there you know one thing i would <laughs> I would consider doing is I would keep uh i would i would if they if they if they were kind of in my face, I would very politely say, you know, to be honest, I don't have time to really explain why, but i, I really don't support that, but I would um I'd be happy to buy you coffee sometime if you Absolutely. want to get together and talk about it yeah. more in more depth. And uh, and if they take the bait for that, then I'd say let's meet at Starbucks and sit down and talk about worldview, talk about why do you believe what you believe, and and you know and, and go deeper with uh, the Jesus story. Great questions. Next one, we got two more minutes. See if we can get a couple more. That to be short. Any more questions? Are we out of questions, Paige? Okay. Some Christians like Jason Collins and. Uh, And churches are okay with homosexual lifestyle. Please comment on how we navigate this. Well, first, if you're talking about churches, which the question does, I would stay away from a church that is just okay with that lifestyle. Because that tells me something deeper is going on in that church. Uh, It also tells me that they they lack a confidence in the scriptures. Uh, They've compromised their view of scripture and their view of Jesus. And I would definitely stay away. From, from a church that um, feels that it's okay just to embrace that. And there are churches that are deciding to do that, so you need to be aware of that. Next question. Almost out of time. How is the culture's change in attitude affecting violence against women, knowing that domestic violence is on the rise? You want to give it? you got 30 seconds.
1: I'm not sure I totally understand what the question that Let's see, how's it Maybe you can answer all
0: that. I, I, I think violence against women always goes up when a person is devalued. Um, a culture that will, for example, embrace the killing of a baby because it's not wanted, even in the final trimester, which is where the culture is. Um, If the culture is obsessed with personal pleasure and hedonism, if the culture says whatever feels good to me is what I want, then if you as a woman get in the way of that and a guy um, is the bigger, stronger one, then you're going to get abused. In other words, any time a culture devalues people, it will devalue women. So I do think that there is a connection in our culture's um, kind of naturalistic evolutionary mindset that that devalues people um, if it's a survival of the fittest if that's what made you who you are today then why not exercise your power um, so I, I think um, uh, I think that uh, an understanding of Jesus um, uh, think of it this way when people hung with Jesus did Jesus cause women to have a Better life or a worse life? Uh, you know, women liked being around Jesus, especially women that were hurting, that were wounded, that were prostitutes, that were trapped in all kinds of stuff. Um, Jesus delivers life. That's what I would say. Well, listen, these are great questions, and we're going to be doing this periodically at, at Seacoast. So uh, let me pray. Can I pray as we wrap our time? Father God, as, as we want to turn now back to worship, Back to responding to your truth and deciding how we can um, how we can live as your followers in this complex world, confused world. Father, I pray first to just say, Father, if we have a friend here who has never embraced the good news of Jesus, I want to give them a chance to pray with me right now and say, Lord Jesus, I I choose. I've been learning about you, and I choose to believe in you, to trust in you as my Savior. I ask you to come into my life and begin to help me to change, to deal with whatever sins I struggle with. And I thank you for dying on the cross. I believe and place my faith in your resurrected life, and I trust you and claim you today in Christ's name, amen.